Welcome to a Tennis.com podcast direct from the U.S. Open. Sponsored by Prince XO3 Racket Technology and by American Express. American Express presents Next Contenders. Get to know four of today's game changers in tennis and follow their moves during the 2010 U.S. Open. For more, visit nextcontenders.com. Hey guys, Tuesday edition of the podcast here from the U.S. Open. I'm Ed McRogan here with Steve Tigner and Sarah Unke. Uh, It's been a day where there hasn't been too much tennis uh, so far. There's been two matches. One of them was uh, Mikhail Yuzny over Tommy Robredo. The other one took almost five hours, and that was Sam Querrey losing in five sets uh, to Stanislas Wawrinka. Um, And he's the last American out of the draw, but... What I took away from this match a little bit, I was there for the third set only. When, and when I was at courtside, I just noticed, I guess, how much more uh, that Wawrinka was actually hitting with more pace, I thought, than Query. And Query all summer has shown to me the ability to hit you know, tremendous point-ending forehands. And he, he did that certainly at points in this match, but Wawrinka kept up with him, and he really should have won the second set, arguably could have won this in straights. And I just came away impressed a little bit at how much he's added to his game, um, you know, in recent, especially this tournament, especially in the power game. And Steve, you were up there too uh, for the latter stages of it. Um, do you want yeah. to? <clears throat> yeah, I was. I was there for the first, second, f- fourth, and fifth sets. Um, yeah, he, he. I mean, actually, almost lost the the first set though. He that was until eleven nine in a tiebreaker. So that was it. Was a close match all around. Each each set was pretty much determined right at the end by a few sort of, I guess, almost fluke points, fluke games that, that kept happening at the end of each set. You know, one would go one way, one set would go one way, and then the next set would go the other way. Um, I thought Vavrinka played a smart match in that he used his, he used the backhand slice. He floated that, at least when I was watching, to back to queries, forced query to create a lot of pace from behind the baseline. And Sam seemed to to have trouble um sort of letting go and hitting the big shots that he that he normally does. It was a little the wind was swirling a little down there. I think he had trouble he had trouble creating a lot of pace and Vavrinka did hit some big shots, but mostly when I when I saw it he was he was content to play a sort of cat and mouse game with Sam that eventually worked in the fifth set. He he at about 3-2 in the fifth he decided to start coming in. On his backhand, starts sliding. Sam was hit on his on Sam's second serve, sliding a backhand up the line and coming in, and that that worked, and that actually won him the last, the very last point. So um, I was impressed by Vavrinka's sort of tactical sense. Mm-hmm. How about the how about the win there? Like what this was on television. I know they mentioned the wind wind a lot, and it definitely was breezy out there. I think they mentioned. 20 to 25 mile an hour gust at times. Did that um, play a, a distinct part in this, or did I think Verinka may like have handled it, did, it better? Like, <clears throat> I feel like it did play a role. Um, neither guy seemed to have be willing to to take a lot of risks because the timing was a little off. The ball was floating in the in the wind a little bit. It was swirling. It wasn't as bad as it has been on some days, but I mean just enough to make to make this a sort of a sort of tricky match for each of these guys mm-hmm. all right um and one last thing I, I i took out when i was sitting there was i couldn't help but hearing from the box the the vavrinka box they're very vocal mm-hmm. it's peter peter lundgren's in there and he's 
he's coached Federer, he's coached Murat Safin, he had a little spell with Baghdadis, I think, too. Um, when did he, do you know when exactly when he came on with Vavrinka? It's sort of, I think it may have been earlier this year. I'm just wondering if, if he has been a, uh, if you noticed anything that maybe he contributed to to, to Stan's game overall um, that may have helped today a little bit. Yeah, I haven't heard. Um, I haven't heard from Lundgren or Vavrinka what they've what they've worked on. I know they started working together this year, but he yeah he was very vocal in the um, in the players' box. It was, it was annoying, frankly, and and uh, the, just the whole the, the the sort of volume of that box was frankly a little irritating, at least to me. Um, but I th- I feel like he he's a guy who is is sort of known to be a good companion on the road he's sort of a, he's like a very social guy and very um a guy you can have a beer with i guess and so i don't know what they've i don't know what they've worked on exactly i know in this match that Navavrinka played differently than normally he he used that slice a lot more and i can only imagine that that was that was a tactic that they used but but Lundgren's been a successful coach so so these guys usually get a bump up when they when they when they hook up with somebody like that yeah exactly um, and then for, for Query, I guess, just talk about him a little bit. Um, I, I, I guess I saw him just a little bit, I, I think what I said before, just kind of content. I think the wind that enabled, didn't enable him to hit his big shots, and I think he kind of maybe just was uh, content to go toe-for-toe with Vavrinka from the baseline a little bit. And the big thing actually... In at least the set I was there, he had some issues at net, uh, some volleying problems, and I think that's a, a, an issue that's always going to creep up with bigger players. That uh, you know they may not be nimble enough when it's when they don't have time to set up their shots. Um, that was kind of what I just one little nitpicky thing about Query, but um, you know it's it's the last American out, and it's a day after Isner and a day after Fish goes down. So that's the uh, that's it for the Americans on the men's side and. Venus is up right now, uh, you know, on the women's side, so we'll see how that goes. American Express presents Next Contenders, your chance to get up close and personal with four of today's game changers in tennis. John Isner, Sam Query, Melanie Udan, and Caroline Wozniacki. Visit nextcontenders.com to follow the excitement during the 2010 U.S. Open and discover the person behind the player. It's tennis trivia time. Here's a chance to test your tennis knowledge with a Tennis.com podcast trivia question. Brought to you by Prince XO3 Racket Technology. Are you ready? The question is, as one of the first players on the tour to use a Prince racket, a young Pam Shriver reached the finals of the 1978 U.S. Open with her Prince racket. How old was she? If you think you know the answer to our trivia question, visit the official Prince Tennis Facebook page at facebook.com slash official.prince.tennis. Once again, that's facebook.com slash official.prince.tennis. Become a fan today and be sure to leave your answer on the Prince wall. Tomorrow's matches here at the Tennis Center, the uh, order of play came out not too long ago. The night match, as expected, is Federer. The second night match is Federer and Soderling. They played in three slams last year, generally around this time, the quarterfinal, usually fourth-round quarterfinals. Uh, they met here at the Open last year. Soderling 
Federer had had that match, if I recall, on the you know two. He had it pretty much in control. It was a tight match, but he had the first two sets, and then Soderling took the third and nearly pushed it to five. I think he won in a four-set breaker. Um, any thoughts on how this one might shake out tomorrow night? It's uh, another another battle of the emerging Roger Robin legacy. Yeah. Um, well, it, uh, Soderling won in Paris. That was a big breakthrough for him. He, you know, he hadn't beaten he, Federer. Had owned him, and Soderling been getting closer and closer, but he couldn't. He couldn't um, break through, and he finally did. And Soderling has been has been good since he hasn't been. He hasn't won a lot. He, you know, he lost to Nadal at at Wimbledon. And he's basically he's continued his trend of losing to Federer and Nadal, or one of the top, very top players in the quarterfinals of of the Grand Slams. I think, I think this. Uh, I mean, I, you have to of course pick Federer. He's played he's, he's played really well this whole summer and continued it at the Open. But um, but Soderling is guy who will. Who crowds Roger? Who rushes Roger? And that'll be definitely be true on this court, which is which is relatively fast, you know, pretty fast compared to most most of the courts on tour. So I give Soderling a shot in this. He doesn't. He's as we've said before. He's not. He's not a guy who will who will um, go in with much fear of Roger. And that's a that's a big difference from from a lot of the other guys. Yeah, it was funny. I was right. out on uh, out watching Soderling practice a little bit, and people around didn't seem to know who he was. Um, you know, I mean, there were a few, you know, obvious fans who who knew who he was, but you know, he's coming in under the radar a little bit, and should be he he will have no fear. That's for sure. He's had a couple of of uh, tougher matches for sure than Federer so far this tournament. Um, and this is actually, I kind of find this as a theme emerging, is Federer facing these quarterfinal, this is, I guess, the stage of the, of the slams where, you know, the, the matches, they were saying, even on TV, where the matches really matter, I guess. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but you certainly get the big seed, seed versus seed matches. In Australia, that was where Federer played Davidenko, and that was where Davidenko was getting a lot of publicity. Federer wins that, but he's lost the last two quarters he's played, and one of them, of course, was to Soderling, as, as Steve mentioned there. So, so this will be uh, Federer's chance to emerge from a, a two two slam losing streak at the quarters. But I agree with you; you got to pick Federer here, um, and uh, you know, see how it goes. But I guess I'd say maybe four sets or so if I want to throw a number out there. Um, and earlier in the day is uh, Monfils Djokovic. I know we've kind of watched them throughout this week. Any any thoughts on how that one uh how that one ends up? It should be it should be entertaining. These guys played a really really um entertaining a sort of acrobatic match in the final in Paris in in the fall Djokovic won uh late in the match because Monfils did something, you know, I don't know he, he played sort of played to lose as he as he can. Played played well right up until the end and then lost. So I would say that's the way this will work out. Monfils is a guy who can give you a spectacular couple of sets and then find a way, you know, find a way to snatch a loss from the jaws of victory. And Djokovic seems pretty solid. He's he beat, you know, he beat Marty Fish easily. He didn't who has been playing well. Um he seems like he's worked his way into this tournament well. You have to I think Monfils is a guy who typically gets to this part of the tournament and then and then goes away. This would be a major major win for Monfils and I think it's 
I think it's unlikely, but it will be. It should be a very good, a very fun match to watch. Yeah, and the the women's matches tomorrow. Uh, it starts off at one p.m. Kaya Kanepi, thirty first seed versus Von Reva. Um, Von Reva for the past few slams, I mean, has done very nicely, very admirable job of kind of playing to her seed, um, justifying the. The ranking, and she's been a very good hitter. I, I mean, I take her in this match with Kanepi. I, I don't think any. I don't think it's tough to to see her winning that and moving on to yet another later on of the Slam. And then the night session, um, Wozniacki, who's just looked fantastic here so far. Most recently against Sharapova, she gets the bulk of a, um, in a, I'd say like a dream sort of later round match at this moment. The the top section is very open for her. Um, Pete Bodo mentioned yesterday. It's a good point that. These are the matches she's certainly expected to win. I mean, you're, you're expected to win everything as the top seed, of course. But, uh, you know, she'll have to get through these before she gets to the uh, – she, she can get back to the final where she was last year against Kleisters. That's true, yeah. I think – Go ahead, sorry. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, I think that Zibokova will be – you know, I mean, she's she's not as much of an attacker as Sharapova and – She'll keep the ball, the ball in play, um, kind of like Wozniacki does, but maybe not with as much success. Success. So, I think Wozniacki gets through, but maybe Sibokova can make it a match. We'll see. Well, so, not too many winners in that to, match. You'd say. Definitely true that she has to get through the quarters and the semis to make the final again. We're in agreement on that, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think it's universal. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, had had had. had throw Pete in there for a, a bone somewhere he's up watching the Venus match right now so right. we got his contribution but anyway that's it for today um, Tuesday we'll see you Wednesday here at the podcast thanks again for listening you've been listening to the Tennis.com podcast sponsored by American Express American Express presents Next Contenders get to know four of today's game changers in tennis and follow their moves during the 2010 US Open For more, visit nextcontenders.com. And also by Prince XO3 Racket Technology. For more news and information, head over to tennis.com. Thanks for listening.